Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm Kristen Vandeveer here with Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and we are today talking about a topic that I think um, we've both been talking about a lot in our group meditations and such that has resonated with people about ha- happiness and beauty. <laughs> and I know that doesn't make any sense, but what we mean by that is... It will. It will soon. We'll, we'll get you there. Uh, um, in a lot of um, spiritual discussions, there's always this talk about finding happiness. How do we find happiness? And this idea that when you meditate, um, you, you'll you be happy all the time. And uh, I can tell you that's not been my experience. <laughs> <laughs> And it needs it needs some nuancing. It needs some um, it needs we need to get unpack that a little bit because I think yeah. what ends up happening is people get this sense of that they're supposed to be experiencing things a certain way, especially if they're meditators. And when they're not, they feel like they're either doing something wrong or they get down on their, themselves or they feel like their practice isn't working. And um, and so we're, we want to describe what it really is to um, to when your your consciousness expands. What happens? What is that experience? How do you experience emotions that may not be quote unquote happy, like anger, frustration, uh, irritation, uh, gr- grief, um, you know, all these things that quote unquote negative emotions. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, well, Izzy, why don't you take it for a bit? Yeah, because I mean, and there, there is some, some truth to meditation does give you some type of happiness, but I I think we have to define, define exactly what's happening because if, if we don't have a practice, our, our nature is to always kind of find things that make us happy. And when we don't meditate, we always try to find that happiness outside, so we we try to find it either in relationships or in jobs or in certain experiences or validation or whatever it is that that fulfills we we think fulfills us. So what happens is that happiness that comes from the outside is there's two things to it. It's very it happens very fast. It's like, oh, okay, that, oh, what's the next thing that's going to make me happy? And then it's very kind of weak because you might feel like, oh, I'm finally with that person. But then it's like, oh, but what happens if that person stops loving me? Or what happens? So it's it's very unstable. So when we begin to meditate, at least this was my experience, there was some truth to the fact that I I was happy, but it wasn't this kind of happiness where it's like, oh, I'm going to laugh all day and happiness is going to be with me all the time in all of my emotions. But there was a sense of fulfillment, of peace, the, the struggle of trying to continuously and exhaustively trying to find things that made me happy kind of stopped a little or at least it it, it, it went down a little because I, I felt fulfilled inside, so I didn't have to constantly find it. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I know what this is. I, I, I kind of felt more at ease and, and at peace. But any person who's in a spiritual path or a wellness path 
we constantly hear this thing of medit- not meditation necessarily, but happiness comes from within. Happiness comes from within. And it was actually funny because I, I had a, a student a couple of months ago and she took all these coaching courses and stuff and she misinterpreted that. I mean, there's truth to what you understood, but I was like, she thought like, oh, happiness depends on me. That's what this means. So I'm going to go surfing and I'm going to go do this and I'm going to go scuba diving and all these things because happiness comes from the inside. But she thought that it was dependent on her, which there is a truth to that. But I was like, oh, that's not what what (laughs) is usually meant. But I kind of guess what you're, I kind of see where where you got that. But the idea of happiness comes from within. If we don't feel happy all the time, we we feel like we're bad meditators. And so Kristen was telling me the other day that that concept of happiness comes from within wasn't really clicking for her. Like, is happiness the right word? So so this came up in her group meditation and she found another meaning. Is is happiness the right word, Kristen? I don't want to spoil your story. <laughs> well, it was it was that happiness, you know, happiness is an emotion, right? We have a very specific experience in mind when we think of happiness, and it's usually something that involves closer to joy and laughter and this kind of um, very specific feeling. And when we meditate, it's when it's not the goal to be in this sort of bubbly, joyful state, no matter what's happening, because we're still living our lives and things still happen and we still have emotions and these emotions can be, you can feel anger or you can feel grief. And in those times, what meditation has done in my experience is it's not happiness that I feel. It's not like that, that fulfillment translates as happiness as an emotion. What it translates for me as beauty and the reason I use the word beauty is because beauty is a much more all-encompassing word. Um, when you think about a situation um, where, like grief, for example, grief is not happy. <laughs> I wouldn't put those in the same category, but you can imagine the experience of losing someone, of feeling that intense, intense love that you feel when someone. Um, you love passes, uh, that's a beautiful experience and one you don't want to miss. You know, um, I think we also be, when we get into this mindset of, of that, we should be feeling happy all the time when we're not feeling that it's almost like we want to skip over mm-hmm. these periods in our life. It's like, Oh, I'm not feeling that. Well, I, I wish I could just press the fast forward button and get through this. I feel like a lot of us this year, especially have wanted that, mystic fast forward button to just get through (laughs) everything we've been going through, but you don't want to fast forward any of it. You don't want to miss it. Even, even the hard, hard times. When I think back to my most difficult periods in life, they've been the most beautiful Mm -hmm. because there's been the most transformation. Those were the, the times of fire. Fire is the element of transformation. You walk through the fire and that's how you grow. That's how you transform. You don't want to walk around the fire. (laughs) (laughs) Then you don't go anywhere. Um, And that's true in all types of 
intense, difficult situations. When I've encountered loss, I mean, it was so beautiful um, to get to just feel that breaking open of the self. Or the when I gave birth, I I didn't I I did it naturally. Not this is no no way saying that you have to give birth naturally, but uh, and without drugs. But I did it that way because I didn't want to miss any of that. I wanted to go right into that that transforming experience, and it and it was. I on the other side of that, I was an entirely different person. That's how that's how much it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it really does hurt. <laughs> They're not kidding. <laughs> I remember when my, the first real contraction I ever felt with my first baby. I was like, I started to cry, not from the pain, but just because I was like, oh no, that's what it really is. But we are able to get to that those those experiences get us into those parts of ourself we're not used to being in, stretching into these places of self, seeing how far we can go, where our edges are. And, um, and that's, you, you have to go to the edge in order to grow. Yeah. And, so and then the, the edge stretches farther and you, know <laughs> you can continue to grow. It's not like, Oh, here's your limit. There, there is no limit. The limit does not exist. Did you see mean girls? <laughs> The limit does not exist. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny because I've actually often wondered is like, why is it that I can handle these incredibly intense, difficult situations? But, but sometimes like my kid will throw their yogurt on the floor and I'm just like, that's it. I'm done. That was my line. <laughs> I've got to go into my room and scream into a pillow for five minutes. Um, because that's human too. <laughs> and and I think there 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 is a beauty in that too because when when we do live these amazing uh, life changing and transformational experiences, it doesn't mean that all our experiences are going to be like that, and that everything that is not on that level, we're just going to walk right through it because at the end of the day, the challenges can be really big or can be really small, and sometimes it's. There is beauty in like, oh, I've gone through this, but this upsets me. That's fine too. All living, so it's all it's all beautiful. And and the more you meditate, the more you see the beauty shining through everything. You see the unity. You see everything as this beautiful play, this play of self looking for self. And so you can see aspects of that 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 big storyline shining through everything. And I remember once I was I was talking to a friend and she was also a student and she was going through a divorce and she was describing something with her husband that fr from her perspective was like awful. And then I accidentally said, Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and because from my, from when you have that broader perspective, like what you see is uh, like what I, what I was hearing is like, Oh, here's two people struggling to find unity with one another, even though they're separated and trying to take care of their children. And like, to me, it was like, oh, this beautiful heart aching, the play of separation and unity, this, this that we're all always going through, this searching for, to find that extended self in another, like that's, that's all that the most beautiful stories, every love story, that's what it is. It's, it's that searching for recognition of self. And so you can, you can really see almost any situation, even a situation where, where there's a lot of separation, 
Well, that's just that part of the story where where it's you need that separation in order to have that reuniting. <laughs> yeah. So even that has a beauty to it. And, and you touch on a super interesting subject because uh, when when we feel emotions, they're not exclusive. So you can feel very sad and devastated, but you can also feel the beauty because beauty mm -hmm. is a constant. So you can feel that beauty in in a very happy scenario where you're with family or friends or whatever, and you can feel that beauty like, oh, what a beautiful moment and I'm enjoying this. But you can also feel it in a very sad moment and you can be like, oh, like this. And you can almost feel like this is going to be transformational. It's going to be tough, but there the beauty is is there and when when you told me about this i was so inspired that i was like i'm gonna write my newsletter about this <laughs> so so i did and, and i and i wrote it and then one of my, my my students she's a beautiful student she was like izzy i i can't believe this i wrote a very similar thing uh for i think it's youth youth of consciousness or something like that so she sent me the article And I was mind blown. I was like, the student has become the master. <laughs> Which is what I love because we learn. I mean, the students are what makes us teachers. And we learn so much from our students. So I read her article. And it was amazing because she she's very sensitive. So she, she writes that she's always felt like a very bad meditator because she feels a lot of sadness. You know, she was like, what is wrong with me? Like people always say that life should be happy and this and that. And, and my human experience has not been that. So she, she comes to terms with the fact that emotions come and go. You can feel sad and it'll go. You can feel happy and it'll go. But, and she said that what for her is beauty, which I think they completely correlate is love. She was like, love is not an emotion. It's a state of being. So she was like, what meditation has given me is established me in a sense of pure love. And she talks about these emotions, how they're also completely inclusive. So her best friend died and she, she talks about her experience of being there with her friend and at the funeral, not with her friend, but she's at the funeral and she feels completely devastated, but she feels all the love. She was like, I feel so much love for my friend. And the fact that I, I had the experience of getting to know her and sharing time with her and that for that, I'm completely grateful. And she was so, so for her, the beauty is, is love, which I think it's the same thing, just different wording of it. But It's the thing, it's, it's the, these love or, or, or beauty are states of being. So you can feel different emotions of either happiness or sadness or frustration or whatever, but there's a, a baseline of that emotion of what you are. I think what you mentioned about feeling two things at the same time, just the, with meditation, you realize that things are not mutually exclusive. Um, and that there can be an enjoyment of almost anything you experience. It can be enjoyment of anything in life because it's life. Um, the more your consciousness is in the witness state and is witnessing, you know, that inner witness, the Atman, the, the soul, um, that, that is not your ego. That is not your intellect. That's not all those surfacey relative aspects of self. This is your, your, 
this is the um, the base of self. Mm-hmm. That self is if you ever have that inner voice that doesn't seem to waver, that seems to be watching you. And in my case, I find it's often amused at my. <laughs> um, that is that's your um, that's your inner self, and so that from that the more you meditate the more your your awareness is 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 based there and so you can from that witness standpoint enjoy anything i even remember um when we were in india a year ago which feels like a decade ago at this point i know um, i can't believe we were there a year ago so like, oh I know. I know. <laughs> it was a different world um a lifetime ago but um, we all got sick, <laughs> really, like India sick, you know. The and way it was kinda... like we started dropping like flies, like, oh no, now this person is sick. Mm. Now this person is sick. I, I would talk to someone in the hall, and they'd be like, "Oh, have you heard you got sick?" And then five minutes later, I'd hear that person is like throwing up in you know the hallway. I'm like, "Oh no, I'm next," and I ended up next, of course. I got sick. Yeah, we don't have to get into that. However, I do remember <laughs> <laughs> no details needed. Um, I was kind of enjoying it, that like fevery sort of feeling. I was like, this is weird. How am I enjoying? Like, I'm miserable and yet I'm liking it. <laughs> and I'm here with a baby. And I'm like, we're both sick. I'm like, how is this enjoy? How can I enjoy this? But you can you can almost find a certain kind of enjoyment. And it's, and that's once again, it's like, it's not happiness, but it is like, there is this inner fulfillment that stays Mm -hmm. no matter what's going on. And nothing makes you and nothing breaks you Mm -hmm. from this state. Um, And I, I actually wrote about this a little bit in one of my um, recent blog posts where I talked about this movie I saw um, a long time ago, and most of the movie I don't remember, but it was this movie called AI, as in artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And it was like when it was with Haley Joel Osment, that kid yeah. that was like in from all the Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah, that kid. Yeah. And I don't like most of it. Was hey, bizarre. Joel. <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> oh God. I know he's probably like older than us now. I have no idea where he is, but um, he he played this robot boy. It was like it was a messed up movie. I do not re- recommend seeing it. But it was this robot boy, and like he lives in this family unit, and then he ends up surviving for like thousands of years in like this car that's been buried because he's he's a robot, so he can live forever. And then these other beings that have evolved find him, and for some reason. They let him go back for like a day or like recreate a day from, from the past or something like that. Like, I'm sorry, I don't really remember why or what the point was, but he goes back and he has this day that he has with his, with this mother figure, with the mother character. And it's just them in their old house and they're just running around playing hide and seek and just doing ordinary things. And it, this scene kept coming back to me because it was, it kept making me feel like I remember it was over Christmas and I was looking at our Christmas tree that had died a week after we bought it. So it was like this dead tree in our house. (laughs) And my two-year-old had literally like, he's like a puppy. And so he had smashed every single ornament on the bottom half of the tree. So here's this dead tree with no ornaments on the bottom half. And 
I I remember thinking like if for some reason a thousand years from now I'm able to like come back into my life, would I want it cleaned up? Would I want it to be any different than exactly how it is? Like if I came back and it was different, like if my tree was perfect and my kids were actually like, you know, had their hair brushed and like <laughs> didn't look homeless and like my house was clean and like things were if anything was different, it would I'd be like, no, I want this is false. This is imposter. I want the real thing. I want exactly what it was. Give me exactly what it was. I want everything. I want my life. I want it as it is. I don't want to reject any of it. I don't want to miss any of it. And um, and it just it just got me thinking. Like to, we we have this constant feeling of like we have to change things on the outside to feel a certain way to feel this or that we whatever we're feeling we reject it because it's whatever we we it's not what we think we should be feeling mm-hmm. but we really can shift into this idea of like of enjoying and loving and appreciating whatever is unfolding for us mm-hmm. on the outside whatever is folding unfolding within us whatever is that is being being is being it, it is it is accepting what is and living it to the fullest. Yeah. If you feel that anger, there's wisdom in that anger. There's wisdom in that grief. There's love in that grief. There's all these layers, all these emotions and things, and we don't have to reject them or feel like we're bad meditators because we aren't just these creepy people who go around with perfect lies and perfect hair and never feel anything. I don't know. That's, that hasn't been how I've, experienced it but it has been dramatically different the experience of life on meditation <laughs> yeah yeah because you you've you're nothing is in vain nothing is in vain it all has this value to it mm-hmm. um and that you can appreciate and live um when we 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 on this podcast we're always talking we always bring it back to social change and mm-hmm. helping the world and things like that. And I think a lot of people right now, they want to pa- press the fast bo- forward button on the whole damn thing. You know, yeah. <laughs> Every, all the crap that's going on is, it is bananas. It is crazy and it's challenging, but we don't want to miss this part either. There, it, this is the fire and we want to walk through it. Yeah. And and we and we have to walk through it. Um, and once you do, you're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. And <laughs> sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. You're like, holy crud, that was yeah. Horrible. But, but you always come stronger <laughs> at, out of the other side. And like for me, the most intense and hard moment of my life was before we went to India for our teacher training. Like I was in a, an awful relationship with my family. Uh, I hated my job. I remember coming home and crying every day. Like, what am I doing? And, um, but because of that moment, things started shifting. And I was, and I was like, I, I need to go deeper. I need to learn. I, I, I there, there's something that's, being transformed here and I need to see what it is and that took me to deciding to become a teacher and so that moment where I was 
taking all of our advanced courses for exploring the Veda and mastering the cities and everything that we have to do in order to apply for initiator training was at the same time that I was having the worst moment of my life. So it was kind of like it was the best of times. It was the worst of times. <laughs> it was the age of wisdom. <laughs> it was the epic of despair. You know that Charles Dickens quote? Yes. It was literally that. It was like I'm the duality of this is amazing. And and there was such beauty to that. Like I outside it was so bad, but inside it was it was great. And that was what helped me get through the fire. And so I know that that was something that had to happen for me to to be to be where I am now. And so so it's so important to to, to not avoid it. And that can be either in the micro or in the macro. So sometimes that even leads to something that, that I, when I understood this concept was mind blowing for me, how boredom is trying to avoid the present moment. Like, Oh, this is like, I don't want to deal with this. Let's fast forward. I need to entertain myself because this is not okay. So it's a little of not cross wanting to cross the fire, you know, a little of, of trying to fast forward in a in a micro level, but it's it's the same thing. Like boredom is I don't want to be here. So a lot of people <laughs> drink because they're bored, mm-hmm. or smoke pot because they're bored, or do whatever. But it's lock like, themselves in the bathroom away from their kids <laughs> with their phone. <laughs> Maybe I don't know anything about that, but <laughs> but I don't think that's because you're bored. I think that's because you need a little break. <laughs> I know you spend enough time reading the same story to a two-year-old <laughs> over and over again. Yeah, but it's true. It's this, I don't want to experience what I'm experiencing. And, and it, we don't want to fast forward. It's a little, we're talking about a lot about movies today, but it's a little like that movie click. I don't know if you saw it, the Adam Sandler one. No. It's no, it, it's actually good. He he kind of wants to fast forward through a lot of things in his life, so he accidentally um, he goes to bed, Bath and Beyond, <laughs> and so there's like a Beyond, 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 and there's this like TV remote, not not a TV, but a remote control, and he can fast forward th- through things like fighting with his wife or his kids are throwing a tantrum. So he kind of fast forwards through that. And, and what happens is that it kind of starts to, the remote control starts to do it by itself because that's our, like his, what he usually does. So life starts to go so much faster and he, and he doesn't appreciate the, the little things in life. And so what happens is that his wife eventually leaves him. And so he's left all alone as an old man without actually living through his life. So all he wants to do is go back and be present in that fight with his wife and be present in those moments with his children because life is passing and 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 we don't need a remote control. Sometimes we just kind of snap out of it and and it's like, no, come back. Live that moment. Be present in that moment. There, there's value in everything. It's funny, another movie this makes me think of. This is like the movie, <laughs> the movie episode. Legends of the Fall. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, that was, that was like, an inside joke from before. 
There's um, this movie I used to love. I still love it. I just haven't seen it in a long time. But it's called. It's the longest title in the world. It's like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I love that movie. <laughs> Such a good movie, and I'm amazed that I remembered what it was called. Um, but if you haven't seen it, it's the story of this couple, and they get to this point where they are breaking up, and then there's a service that you can go to and basically you can remove all the memories from this, whatever you can select. He selects the memories of relationship. He wants to get rid of them. So you can avoid the pain. Right. So you can avoid the pain. And so he goes to remove his memories of this relationship, but he has to live them in reverse. Oh no. But first, sorry, I'm explaining the movie, but she, cause he wants to go back to uh, uh, get back together with her, but she had it done. So she doesn't remember him. Oh, yeah. That's how it happens. Yeah. yeah. So he's like, like, what? That's right. So he's like, now I'm going to do it. Right. And so he's living the relationship in reverse. And as he's having the memory, they start to dissipate. Like yeah. they start to fall apart. And then it goes away and goes away. And it, go- it goes all the way back to the first memory of them together. Mm-hmm. And he re- and he's realizing he doesn't want to lose these memories. He doesn't want to get rid of him. And oh, I got just, chills just I, from I know, listening. I know, I know. I'm like just going to cry because I remember being like, oh, no. They they, they, they shared food. <laughs> Their first memory is so sweet. Um, and it, it just shows it's like you don't – we don't want to fast forward. We don't want to skip over any of this even if the relationship did end difficult with difficulty there was all these beautiful moments that happened as part of it um and so i think the trick is remembering it when you're in it when you're living it Mm -hmm. oftentimes you can look back at old memories and think oh okay like i there's a certain golden glow to them but if you can get the golden glow now get that Get that golden glow in, in your life right now. That's why I d- did that mental exercise with that stupid movie AI. Mm-hmm. I do that as a way of reorienting my perspective to be like, okay, well, pretend this is a day and this is the only day you get and it's a thousand years from now and you've just been pushed back into your life. And like, okay, okay, now I'm now I'm here. Um, because we have to, it's so easy to just kind of get into this mode of, of quiet misery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of just wishing everything away and wishing things were different. Everything yeah. is different. If everything was different, then things would be fine. Yeah. And that's and, not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and, and for me, that was when, when if you if you ask me, <laughs> the the biggest change for me with meditation was that, and I know this is not true for everyone, but I, I, and I was lucky enough to learn meditation, um, on the younger side when I was 21, but I felt that before meditation, I had kind of been in a zombie mode, like automatic pilot and life was just passing me by. And so, and, and I, and I used to smoke a lot of pot and try to party because I had to do that in order to feel alive because I felt that my life was like just, I was numb. So I had to do all these intense things to try to feel, to just be in the present moment. And so when, when I started meditating, I didn't need to do those intense things because I, I, I felt alive. Even if I was just doing these mundane things and that happens a lot. We always kind of feel like, 
life has to be on the weekends or life has to be on vacation or <laughs> life has to be when I do this or that, but life is happening all the time. Yeah. So, so that for me, that was the biggest gift. Like, like I, I can in, enjoy just, and I mean, I talk like if this is all the time, it's, it's not all the time. I wish it was all the time. <laughs> it's like, Oh, I'm perfect. But um, but I, I try to, to remember that and how I used to do all these things to make me feel alive. And now you can get that from looking at, at looking at the sun shining through some trees or just my, one of my favorite things to do now is just walk in the morning with my dog and feel the cold breeze of the morning and the, the misty kind of fog it's not like I wake up that early, but, and just walking around and it's like, like, this is so great. And I've I got have, another movie. I've got another movie. Oh, perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Snowball. Oh! <laughs> I can't believe it took us so long to get into soul. <laughs> when you said the sun in the trees, I was like, oh, how did we miss that one? But yes, if you guys haven't seen that movie, the basic gist is that this guy thinks his whole life is about playing, performing in this, being successful, a success, successful jazz pianist. And, um, and he learns through this other soul who lives in his body for a while that it, that's not the point of life. That's not the spark. They call it. The spark mm -hmm. is just living, the living life to the fullest. Doesn't mean what you do. It means what you are. Mm-hmm. And it means being, it doesn't mean doing. And, and so this other soul that lives in his body just is enjoying the sun through the trees and enjoying the sensations of eating pizza or like, or like it reminds me of, of actually watching my kids. And I was like, there's a wisdom to children um, in which they are in being. They don't know how to focus yet. Adults can focus. <laughs> they can't focus, but they are in being and they just enjoy, they, they'll you try going for a walk with a two-year-old and they'll be stopping every few minutes to look at a ladybug and then at a leaf. And then my little one is always just like, look at this, look at this. You know? <laughs> and they're just fascinated and, and they don't have an agenda. They're not in the past or the future. They just are. Mm -hmm. So this, um, this, this movie has, has that theme to it. <laughs> Yeah. It's amazing because, like, the Disney movies when I was a kid was like The Little Mermaid, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm like, this is a sign that things are definitely involving on some plane. Absolutely. <laughs> Those folks at Disney, they I, they meditate for sure. <laughs> well, and, some of them do. I don't know. There's, there's that evil side to Disney, too. That's true. <laughs> that and, corporate thing. <laughs> and one of the things that I loved about the movie, because there's a part in the movie where this guy has to convince the soul to go to Earth. And so he tries to show the soul all the amazing things, flavors and this, and you can do this activity and music. And he can't show the soul how to enjoy life because the soul doesn't have a body. Mm -hmm. So we need a body to experience because sometimes we kind of are like, well, this little sack of meat. <laughs> <laughs> like and, and that happens a lot with people who meditate it's like this doesn't allow me to kind of feel the immensity of the universe it's like no we need the body to experience the delicious pizza we need the body to feel the breeze in our face 
So the reason why this soul couldn't, hadn't been able to go to earth was because it hadn't been able to experience how amazing the world is without, a, I mean, because it needed a body. So, so these little things that we kind of take for granted, this soul is amazing. Like one of the, one of my favorite parts of that movie is when they're in the, um, in the hair salon and he, I mean, the, the soul and the body of this guy who I forget the name, Joe, I think it's Joe. He starts talking to everybody at the, at the hair salon and telling them about life and all these things. And they're all fascinated. And the guy who cuts the hair says, like, Hey, why do you always talk to me about jazz? Like, why don't you ask me about myself? I really enjoyed it. It's like, of course, the shared experience, something Mm -hmm. as mundane as cutting your hair can be an amazing experience. And people you're, somebody is cutting your hair and you're not even talking to that person. So it's like, (laughs) like you can connect with, everyone no it's such a it's such a beautiful little film and my kids liked it too um, my perspective <laughs> is what's the what's what do kids think of the movie we were talking about this today at lunch with uh, my boyfriend and his family like is it for children and I was like I don't know we'll have to ask my kids got it but my kids are they're so immersed in this yeah stuff. never mind <laughs> I don't know if they count. stupid question no, actually, it's funny um, that you say that because, uh, like, the next week, Delphine, which is my second daughter, like, came into bed with me one morning, and she was like, and she was like, am I a lost soul? I don't want to be a lost soul. And it was just, like, the saddest thing. I was like, no, you're not a lost soul. <laughs> Come here. It's like, oh, God, maybe it was too too advanced. But um, but the idea of the lost soul is, was interesting, too, because it was, um, they defined it as so, some someone who was, what did they say? It was over, over focused on one thing or mm-hmm. something like that, like lost in, I think they don't use Vedic terminology, but I think it was someone who was looking for happiness outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. It was someone who was, they had like a hedge fund manager and like other people are like, they're, they're, they're searching for that happiness in, in a different source um, than self. And that's most of us, which is probably why most of us feel kind of lost most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this, um, this, this idea that that our happiness is happiness, I think, is a term that we that we just we need to think about it just differently. It's not. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's not the heightened ha 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 life, and I'm gonna go run. And it's it's more of kind of like a kind of like a a a well being and a knowing that everything is okay, and that mm-hmm. you and that you you whatever you're living is what you're supposed to be living, and and it's all okay. Yeah, it's it's like a s- feeling secure in the omnipresence of being. <laughs> you know? Yes, that's what it is. It's Mine not, was it's... a kindergarten uh, version <laughs> of what you said. <laughs> <laughs> it's less an emotion and more a state. You exactly. Know, as your friend, as your as your student said, it's it's a state of being, just like love is a state of being. So. Well, we hope we hope this conversation and our movie recommendations. 
We should do a Vedic uh, movie club. I know, seriously. And they're not Vedic movies at all, but we just kind of pull the Vedic themes out of Everything it. can be Vedic. Right. I mean, Vedic, the Vedas are just the laws of nature, so you can pretty much make everything make the case that everything is Vedic. Um, but yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Legends of the Fall next week. <laughs> Watch it Brad- before next Wednesday. <laughs> right. Brad Pitt's abs. Hmm. <laughs> How do we turn that into a lesson? <laughs> oh, we are talking about beauty after all. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we hope this this helps, and thank you all for listening. If you'd like to listen to more episodes, you can go to meditationwithoutborders.net. They're all up there, or you can subscribe on Spotify or on Apple. Thank you all so much. Thank you. Bye.